Hello and welcome to Gentle Touch. This podcast is a place where people can learn, discover and upscale mentally, spiritually and emotionally. This show is all about breakthroughs so get ready for some good vibes, realness and lots of information. You will be joined by me, your podcast host Alejandra Castro. Some of the shows will be just me and other shows will have guests open up new perspectives and views. My passion is to inspire and educate people who feel stuck. I will show you ways you can improve your overall health by sharing powerful tools that you can implement into your daily life. Let's get started. In today's episode, we have the beautiful Crystal joining us from LA. What part of LA are you based in, Crystal? Um, So I'm in the San Fernando Valley. I live in Woodland Hills. I love it. I love it. Crystal, so you are a certified hypnotherapist. You practice shamanism. You specialize in inner child healing, past life regression and self-realization. And you also work in substance abuse and mental health. And you have your own business. Girl, you a boss, babe. (laughs) yes (laughs) i love it i love it so today's episode is all around generational trauma self-sabotage and everything that comes with it crystal for the people that may not know what is generational trauma so that's a tricky one so generational trauma is when your when your mom is a fetus she has all of the eggs that she is ever going to have yeah So if your mom has any type of, you know, abuse, uh, if she lived through any of like the world wars or anything like that, all of that stress and that trauma is in her body and therefore it's in your body. And so you can go back to your grandma, your great grandma, because when you're a fetus, your egg, you as an egg are already in the body where the trauma is held. I love it. I love it. For the people... This is why sometimes you see families and it and it passes on generational where it be patterns, where it be whatever that may be, where it be a poverty mindset. How hard is it to break away from a generational trauma? So the healing starts with you, right? So um, anytime you ask about how hard is healing, I guess it's like as hard as you make it right? So if you have the self-awareness of the patterns and the behaviors, then you're able to slowly start breaking those patterns and behaviors. So it's really up to the person. How hard do you want to work at it? How bad do you want to let it go? And then when you heal yourself, you ripple out into all your relations. So you are healing your generational lines just by healing yourself. I love it. I love it. For the people that may still not understand, how could someone recognize that they need to heal? Because I feel like self-realization is plays a big part, right? And sometimes yes. we are so stuck in our way. And sometimes we just want to hold on to that pain because we just, that's all we know. Yeah. So it's scary on the other side of healing, right? Because you don't know what's on the other side. So that's a fear mentality, right? And it's really about letting letting that fear of the unknown slip away. Um, and you're able to recognize the patterns when you have something constantly showing up in your life, right? Or let's say you get into a relationship and every relationship you do the same thing or the same thing happens, or you find that you're dating the same person with a different face, right? So the question is, what is it inside of me that is attracting this person or this experience, 
right? And so really it's, I guess, self-inquiry. So asking yourself those questions, what is it about me that is bringing this into my life? And so asking yourself those questions gives you the answers and you're able to notice the patterns and the behaviors. For, for the girl that keeps attracting attracting a certain type of man that's toxic that looks down on her that dims her light that doesn't allow her to doesn't respect her values what questions could she ask herself or how could she realize and break away from that so we have these subconscious ideas of ourselves, right and they all stem from childhood from ages zero to eight is when our subconscious mind is more prominent and our conscious mind isn't actually formed yet. So we don't have the discernment. So somewhere inside of there, or as a child, we created this idea of self. Um, You know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of love. Some idea that subconsciously tells you that you deserve to be treated like that, right? And so you are projecting that outward And so that's what you're attracting. So if somebody, if you see somebody like a bad bitch that like loves herself and she's confident and most likely you're not going to see her in a terribly toxic relationship, right? She has the healthy boundaries. She has the self-awareness. She knows that she deserves better. So everything starts with the thought. So the thought that you deserve something better than that, you have to believe it. And then you attract it. What would you say to the girl that feels worthless, that that doesn't, that's like, that's, I've, I've seen girls that they just put their whole values or their whole self-worth in a man and how mm-hmm. the man sees them. What would you say to that young lady? So first, those are codependency, right? Um, and we're seeking outside validation for yes. our self-worth instead of looking inside for our self-worth. So the first thing that I would say to that girl just in general is, girl, you are a light you need to see it. Right. Um, because somebody, if they're not willing to open their eyes, how can they see? Right. So we first have to acknowledge that there's something there. And once we acknowledge that there's something there, we're able to kind of get to, I would let her know that she deserves better. She deserves all of the good things in the world. She deserves love, right? Everybody deserves love really at the end of the day. That's all that there is, is love. We're here to give and receive love. So whatever barriers are there, she has to she has to figure that out for herself and break those down. What would you say to I've had this in the past where I've dated someone and they're just not able to receive love. Like instead of receiving love and you wanting to help them, they just push you away. So everybody naturally our mind creates defense mechanisms, right? Like coping mechanisms, how we get through our experiences. So a lot of times, I mean, just in general, in the world right now, people are walking around with their heart closed. Um, They've been hurt, right? That's part of the human experience, right? So everybody gets hurt from something or someone, but we're not, that's not meant to destroy us. We're meant to learn from those things. So if somebody is pushing somebody away, there's a piece of them that they're not willing to acknowledge or look at and their heart space is closed off. So you would have to do some work around letting those walls down around the heart, um, kind of letting go of the defense mechanisms, right? All they're really trying to do is keep themselves safe. So you would have to let them know that you let let them feel that you are a safe person to be around for them to let those guards down. Oh, that ain't easy, you know, when someone no. puts them guards up, you're like, 
like do you know how long we've been together like I'm so done with you like can you just let me in now and you can feel it because it's just like that it's kind of like dip in dip out let me trust you let me not let me I don't know if if you're real I don't know if you're not I've had people backstab me and then you're just like doing this little tango and it's back and forth back and forth yes yeah it's it's super hard well a lot of it too is um is like trust issues so you said before like oh I've had people backstab me I've been betrayed you know um someone cheated on me and stuff like that so a lot of that is trust issues and so if we can't first trust ourselves we can't trust anybody that's powerful for the person that may not what you said was very deep how do you (laughs) say that in different ways for another person to understand um so we can only let we can only let somebody in as much as we've like opened ourselves up right so we we can only we can only see someone can only see us as much as we're willing to see us and vice versa I love it I love it that's powerful Crystal what is self-sabotage so self-sabotage is again going back to those beliefs from childhood right the beliefs that you know I'm not good enough I don't deserve and so subconsciously first of all the subconscious mind is about 90 percent of your mind Okay, so your conscious mind, your decision, your analytical skills, your willpower, uh, it's only about 10% of your mind. So all of your automatic behaviors and all of your memories from all of your experiences are stored in your subconscious mind. Also is stored the beliefs about ourselves, right? So in our subconscious mind, we have these beliefs from childhood. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve good things, right? And so our life starts to get good or we start to get good things in our life and out of nowhere comes that I don't deserve this. And so subconsciously we mess it up. Not that we want to, but subconsciously we don't, we feel like we don't deserve it. So we do something to mess it all up. How, how can we work around that? Like therapy, counseling, self-worth, self-love? Yeah. So there's so many, there's so many healing modalities. Really, you have to find what resonates for you. At the end of the day, you know, whatever you feel pulled to or called to, it's, it's a message for you. It's an indicator, right? It's for you to like, follow that thread, follow that path. Right. So some people, traditional talk therapy works for them and they can go to therapy for four, five, six, 10 years. Right. Talk about the same story over and over and over, try to kind of open up their perception a little bit, right. Have somebody else kind of help them unwind all that stuff that's going on in their brain. Um, there's hypnotherapy, which is therapy that gets straight into the subconscious. So we meet those thoughts head on, we pull them out and we replace them with better, more positive thoughts. You can't take something away without putting something in its place. Mm. Right. And then, I mean, there's lots of other things. So there's energy work, there's Reiki um, to loosen up that energy. You know, there's acupuncture to loosen up the energy flow as well. So there's all kinds of healing modalities, right. But as a person, so we are mind, body, and spirit. And so you can't just work on one. You want to be a whole balanced human. You have to do a little bit of work on all of them. Well, for the person that's like, okay, I'm going to try Reiki. I'm going to try hypnotherapy. Would that be spiritual? So hypnotherapy is for the mind. Okay. Um, It can be spiritual. So I'm a spiritual hypnotherapist. Okay. So I bring my spirituality and my practices and what I know into all of my sessions. So not only are we digging around in your subconscious mind, we're also, we're also understanding the bigger picture, right? Spirituality and the connectedness of everything, how everything flows together and is connected by these invisible threads that we can't see. And so Reiki would fall under a little bit more spirituality because it's just energy work. So you have to really believe that 
something's happening because you can't see it. Hypnotherapy, on the other hand, you will start to see results after every session. Wow. And then so, so that's mind, spirit. And then what can we do for the body? Acupuncture. Um, you can do acupuncture for the body, which also kind of falls into spirituality too, because it's um it's energy clearing as well. But you can do yoga, breath work. Um, you can anything that gets you into your body, go on a hike get in nature, put your phone down, right? Meditation. You can work with stones, oils, anything that appeals to the senses. So anything that gets you into your body and out of your head, right? That That's is awesome. amazing. That's that is so, so good. Triggers. What can we say about triggers? So triggers for one, there are responsibility. Okay. So I tell everybody this, I'm like, nobody is coming to save you. Nobody's coming to fix you. Nobody's coming to change you. Right. Or sweep all your problems away. Like there, there's no one we're responsible for our own triggers. Right. And triggers are people and experiences just poking at the wounds inside of us that need attention. So when we feel triggered, what's really happening is an old wound right? Has been poked. Let's just take, for example, abandonment wound. Okay. Emotionally unavailable parents or an absent parent or a time where you needed to feel safe and somebody left you alone. Right. So we have this abandonment wound and somebody pokes at that you're in a relationship. And even if it is a toxic relationship, you will do whatever just to stay in that relationship, just to feel that that person isn't going to leave you, right? So poking at poking at that wound, the abandonment wound would be an would be an example of somebody trying to leave the relationship. They're poking at that wound. So all that's really happening is that wound is like, hey, pay attention to me. I need to be brought to the surface for healing. So triggers are not a bad thing. Triggers are just indicators. Same thing as emotions. Emotions are just indicators. They're not meant to destroy us, just to inform us. That's it. Wow, wow. For the person that may feel that may feel triggered, but is unable to recognize it. You can't make somebody see something that they're not willing to look at, you know? So a lot of, I mean, people are walking around, you know, triggered, especially like if you watch anything on the media, the news, anything, all these people are triggered by, you know, what's going on in the world, stuff like that. And they think that other people are responsible for not triggering them. The world is so sensitive right now, right? But our triggers are our own responsibility. If something hurts your feelings or somebody hurts your feelings, it's your fault to understand. I mean, it's your responsibility to understand what is it that is hurting your feelings. It's not somebody else's responsibility to not hurt your feelings. How are we supposed to know what's going to hurt somebody else's feelings? Right? So now we're all supposed to be walking around mind reading. It doesn't work like that. That is that is a real boss up move because some people get aggressive. It's like you touch a wound and you didn't even mean to. And some people turn aggressive and you're like, ooh, like, like I don't really understand why you're switching on me. Thank you. Yeah. Oops. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a defense mechanism. So the brain creates these coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms that keep us safe. All the brain wants to do is keep us safe and help us through our experiences, right? So a coping mechanism could be anger, defensiveness, or people could withdraw and isolate. And that's a defense mechanism. That's what, that's what they have acquired in order to help themselves get through the situation. Wow. That is so, so powerful. What have, what would you say to the individual? Because this is so real. Like this is, it's, it's so wise for a person to actually take responsibility and actually work on it and actually go about it. But some people don't want to work on it. Some people want to blame the other person and live mm-hmm. in denial. 
Mm-hmm. what would you say to the individual that's like that doesn't know what they're doing in a sense they're like they're like I don't know when he's going to switch I don't know when he's going to get upset I don't know how to what to even say anymore because I might just trigger him and I don't know what to do anymore so if your every move your every thought your every action is based off of am I going to trigger this person maybe that's not the person that you need to be intimate with. You want somebody to meet you at your level, at your own level, right? You want somebody with a little self-awareness, somebody that you can openly share your feelings with and be received, right? So especially in a relationship, an intimate relationship, it's about give and receive. So if you are constantly, you know, worried about how you're going to be received, like that's not fair. And you're constantly giving, 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 trying to overcompensate, like that's not fair. Right. And so that's a codependent pattern. You're changing yourself for the validation of that other person. So you're changing how you respond, how you think, what you say, how you act just to not trigger somebody. That's not fair. That is that is, and it's super hard it's super hard because you don't know how to go about it anymore and you don't even know how to act or the way to say it or how to say it so it's it's super hard what would you say to the individual that that is in a relationship that is in a friendship where they do get triggered and they just don't want to take responsibility but it's like do you have an attachment to them and you don't want to lose them as a friend I mean that's where discernment comes in you know, is this relationships, like I said, are supposed to be given and received, whether it's a friendship, an intimate relationship, whatever you have to ask yourself, is this relationship feeding me or is it taking away from me? Is it feeding me or is it draining? me? Right. And if, if it's not an equal balance, right. Um, if it's an equal balance, I mean, there's things that can be worked on. Right. But if it's just draining you constantly, if it has you in your head, constantly second guessing yourself and stuff like that, I mean, that's that abandonment wound. You gotta, you gotta figure that out. You know, what are you still doing with, with in that situation? I love it. I love it because this can get so real. And in a way, if you're constantly rolling around with this and you're rolling around with these thoughts, like it can, it can translate physically. Like if you're always like nervous of on how they're going to receive you, you can, because this happened to me, I started losing weight. Like I was just so, you know, I say a woman's like a flower. She's either going to blossom or she's going to shrivel. I started shriveling because I was just like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. What is going on? Like, how did I get myself into it? Yeah. So, so this is for anyone like self-realization and just being aware and knowing when it's time to look at a situation analyze and know that you know what not everyone can come can come along with us not everyone is ready to take Mm -hmm. a step forward and not everyone is going to understand us or perceive us in a way that because your intentions could be so pure but they may just reject it or they may not be ready to just accept your love maybe because they're pushing you away or they're they're not ready and so everybody everybody is only supposed to act as a mirror for us, right? So let's take your example. So you're in that relationship, right? And you're constantly worried about not triggering this person or what am I going to say? What am I going to do? Right? There's a lesson in that for you. So that relationship was a mirror for you to look inside yourself, right? Maybe you needed to find the strength or um, the courage to say, you know what? No, like this is who I am and I'm not going to change everything about me so I can fit into your little box because you're not aware of yourself at all. 
you know, so there's, there's lessons in everything. So yeah, sometimes we attract, um, you know, partners that are toxic or are not ready to heal. Right. But they come into our lives for a reason. Everybody comes into our lives for a reason and not everybody is meant to stay the whole time. Crystal, what's the reason, girl? Because I'm going to lie, I cried a lot. I cried every day for like eight months, girl. I, I don't know about that. Like, I still, I sometimes wonder sometimes. I mean, it, but are you, are you out of that relationship? I'm out of it. Yeah, yeah, I'm out of it now. That's shamanism. <laughs> you go, girl. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> okay. And so how do you feel? Well, after all the recovery and everything, I'm just like, damn, I'm literally just, I've learned to be alone. I've learned to... I've learned to be alone. I've learned to slowly pick myself up. I've learned to find my voice. I lost my voice completely. My throat chakra was completely blocked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finding my voice and learning to be me again. What do I like? How do I want to be? What do I want to wear? Who do I want to hang out with? Who do I want to be? And what do I like? And just picking myself up, gaining more weight, just going out slowly, slowly finding your voice. And I feel finding your voice is so powerful because when you lose it, you don't even know what to do. It's like, oh, oh, who am I in the world? Yep. So you just answered your own question. That relationship was a blessing for you because look at everything that it it brought to you, right? Look at everything that you gained from that. You gained clarity. You you got your voice back, right? And I'm sure it's better than it was before because we now we have this experience where we're like, I'm not going to do that again, right? So you know what it's like on that side. So now the only way to go is this side. Yeah. So you learned how to love yourself. You found your voice. Um, you started taking care of yourself. You learned how to be alone, which a lot of people do not know how to be in their own company. Right. And so you gave yourself that time to heal, to check in with yourself, to love yourself. And now, you know, what you definitely will not put up with in another relationship. So if you start seeing those flags, girl, you're like, okay, I'm not at the circus. I'm going to run. I'm not at the circus. Listen, I'm going to run for my life. Like, uh, (laughs) I I feel like I'm going to die. Like so much heartbreak. Like your girl's too sensitive. My money goes down. Like everything is awful. Like honestly, be you be up in your emotions, your money goes down, you don't want to show up to work, and oh disaster yeah. after disaster. You end up shriveling, you lose weight, that booty goes, and then you have to like gain everything back up. Oh, anyways. Um <laughs> yeah. Crystal, what has been your healing? What what does how has your healing looked like throughout the years? Oh man, so um I have a lot of childhood um trauma, a lot of childhood trauma. And, um, I was walking around like a shell of a human for years and years and years, lost, confused, uncertain. I had no idea who I was. Like you said, what I liked to do. I had no voice. I was uncertain of myself. Right. And it got really dark for a while. There was some substance abuse involved and, you know, it was just event after event. And I look back now in retrospect, and I'm able to see that all of these events are exactly what I needed to happen to put me on this path, right? So now I have this body of knowledge, like this phoenix that rises from the ashes, right? Like I know where I don't want to be. So the only place for me to go is all the way this way. And so I just dug in, you know, um, lots and lots of shadow work, journaling, I went to school to be a hypnotherapist. I learned a lot about how the mind works, how the brain works. And that was the point where I was like, okay, so I'm not just fucked up. I'm not crazy. Like, this is how the brain works. This is how it operates. 
okay. And so if everything that I've experienced and I've been through all these thoughts and feelings, emotions about myself are all learned behaviors, I can unlearn them. Right. And so that was like my first little like glimmer of hope. And I started working with other people. You know, I started working at a rehab um, for dual diagnosis. So mental health and substance abuse. And I climbed my way up. I facilitate groups. I lead six groups a week there. I'm a case manager there. Yeah. (laughs) That's heavy. Yeah. So I work with, I work with addicts um, and alcoholics and it's funny how I met my mentor. So I was working at the rehab and I started talking to this lady. I seen she had um, oils and sage and all these cool books on her desk. And was she your patient? Was she your patient or was she? No, she worked you? there. She was a therapist there. And so I looked at her desk one day and I was like, friend, like you have all this sage and oils and all this stuff. And we started talking and we just, we kept talking and talking. And, and I told her about like, you know, my path. And I said, you know, like I've been on this path and I don't really know where it's going, but I'm really interested in shamanism. I love the earth. I love minerals and oils and plants. And she said, I have somebody for you to talk to. Right. And now this is how the universe works. You put it out there and it finds you, but it wants to make sure you're ready. So she tells me, call this lady. And I'm like, um, what do I tell her? She's like, just call her. Was you ready? Yeah, I called her. Um, she's been my mentor for over a year. She is sh- a shaman. She's been practicing shamanism for 30 years. And um, for, for I, the person that may not know, what is shamanism? So shamanism is um, Native American, um, indigenous people. Um, they believe that everything we need comes from the earth, you know, plants, oils, minerals. And they believe that the ego has to die over and over and over again. But death is not the end of anything. There's a cycle of um, life, death, and rebirth. And so every time something dies, it can be reborn. And it can be reborn however you want it to be reborn. So the ego, in a sense, is just um, that part of our brain that wants to keep us safe, right? And so it's killing that over and over and over again and allowing yourself to be reborn into something greater every time. That's shamanism. (laughs) You go, girl. I love it. I love it. (laughs) What was the hardest part of your healing? Looking at all of those pieces of me, those sticky, crunchy, dark aspects of my personality that I didn't want to look at. And the only way out is through. So you learn how to look at those pieces of you as not a bad thing. You learn to look at them as just pieces of you, right? That are underdeveloped or need love and nurturing and compassion. And when you can look at those pieces and not blame yourself for them or not shame yourself and look at them with compassion and just say, I see you, like you need a little bit more work in this area or you weren't loved in this area. So I'm going to love myself more in that area, right? So it was definitely the shadow work was the hardest part looking at all those crunchy pieces well for the person that may not understand what shadow work is what is shadow work so shadow work is going into the shadow right so the shadow of our being so there's duality right yin and yang light and dark right and one can't exist without the other so we can't only look at all of our light aspects, all of the good aspects of ourselves, all of the beautiful things without also looking at the stuff that is lacking, that needs love and support. And so shadow work is when you're able to go in and look at all of those pieces and look at them with love and compassion, right? And change the way that you view those pieces of yourself. And so now you're okay with the dark and the light because together it makes up your whole. I love it. I love it. 
how has your journey been working in in rehab? Uh, my journey in rehab has been amazing. So every day I get to plant seeds, you know, um, a lot of times when people come in from addiction, they're such a low vibration that they are not like aware of what even the problem is, right? They just have some kind of pain or um, something inside of them that they don't want to feel, don't want to look at. So they try to numb it out. And I am very spiritual in all of my work. It's just a part of who I am now. And so I bring a spiritual aspect into the rehab. It's so important. Yeah. Because again, it's balance, right? So it's mind, body, and spirit. And so I bring a spiritual aspect. I talk to them about energy work. I talk to them about shadow work, um, self-awareness, looking at yourself, right? Um, Your triggers, all of the stuff that we've been talking about. I I bring this into my groups there and I talk to them about it. Sometimes it's hard. It's not easy. The energy is really, really dense. How do you protect yourself? How do you protect your energy? So I do a lot of like conscious practices. So I wear like protection, um, you know, stones or I wear, um, yeah, this is black tourmaline. uh, This is Labradorite. So I wear, you know, protective stones. I constantly clean my Office? my sacral chakra. Yeah. So um, I constantly am like cleaning out. Um, that's where our tendrils are, like our antennas. That's like in our gut. Why, right? why the sacral chakra out all of them? Because that is where we house our, our antennas. Like that is where we, we feel other people and we connect to other people. So you keep those clean, those fibers clean, right? Don't allow people to stay attached to you because a lot of times when people are low vibrational, they're not aware of it, Yes. but they attach to the light. Wow. That is so powerful. What is your favorite practice in looking after your sacral chakra? Like with crystals, oils? So I do a lot of like cord cutting. Um, I do use oils. So I use oils and I rub in a clockwise motion around my stomach. And I say, observe, don't absorb. Observe, don't absorb. Right. And I say that a few times. And then again, like I clean, I'll clean my, uh, my tendrils. So like almost like fibers, like you're brushing them, you're loving them. And then you tuck them back in, especially when I go to work, I tuck them in you know observe don't absorb Mm -hmm. because I work in healthcare so my issue is that I touch people all day long and sometimes I'm left knackered I remember I touched one girl and automatically I felt her pain and I was just like oh my god what is going on and then I asked her and she said to me I was like are you okay like I can feel your pain I don't know what's going on but this isn't this isn't my pain to deal with and it's she basically was in a relationship and her man was in an affair for the past two years and you and you can feel it. Yeah, I felt it straight away, and I was like, I can't, I can't even deal with this. I can't even. So obviously, some things I've now used is sage. Um, obviously, I've got a tourmaline, shungai, a blanket, a blue blanket with San Miguel. Um, okay. Protect me, protect me, protect me, and I can feel it. Um, what else? They said another one. Um, detach. And then detach. Mm-hmm. What else? Because it's so tough. Because straight away, and you feel knackered by the end of the day. You feel exhausted, and exhausted. you're like, and you deal with complete energy. And the thing is, some people are good. Some people have vibrational energy, but then, like you say, people do attach to to the light. And you're like, oh my gosh, I I, I need five of me to be able to complete my shift out here because I'm I'm struggling out. Yeah. yeah. No. Totally. I feel absolutely exhausted sometimes after work. Um, I also do like a lot of like, uh, so I 
sleep with aromatherapy. So I, I burn oils, right. And, um, in an oil diffuser. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then I sleep and then I, um, sometimes I'll take a salt bath, you know, salt bath oils. Um, I'll put some of my favorite crystals in there with me and it's really what, just, which, which one would you put it? Which one? So I, a lot of times I put a quartz in there or a rose quartz in, in um, the bath, in the bath with me. Yeah. Ah, that's so nice. I'll put it in the bath with salt, with oil, and um, I'll just, you know, everything is intention and visualization. So yes. I'll sit in there and I'll close my eyes and I'll just imagine the salt draining all of the um, negativity out of me, you know, and I'll imagine the rose quartz or the quartz, um, like, you know, putting the positive energy back into me. Um, and I sleep really well after I have a bath, honestly. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my God. I love it. So from all the protective techniques you do, which one is your favorite? Um, I definitely do the cord cutting and the, the clockwise motion observe, don't, uh, observe, don't absorb. And I just realized that I said sacral chakra and it's your solar plexus, your solar plexus, the third chakra, not the sacral solar plexus, solar plexus. Okay. Got it. How was it when you realized that it was a sake? Is it solar plexus that you needed to work on? So a lot of it came from my mentor. She told me that that's where we house our like tendrils, our antennas, and that that's how that's where we connect to people and people connect through us through those. And so that's in the gut. So that's the gut instinct. So like, you know, when you walk into a room or you're around somebody and you're like, oh, something feels off, right? Like that gut instinct, that's because your antennas are out and they can feel. Wow. Do you think it is a skill to be able to trust your gut feeling? Yes. So we are all capable of it, but first you have to be able to trust yourself because you could be getting all the signs and symbols and feelings in the world, but if you don't trust what you're feeling or listen to your gut instinct, then it really serves no purpose because you're not listening. You're not in touch with, right, in touch with it, right? What would you say to the individual that, that doesn't know how to recognize or that doesn't know how to kind of link both together? So if you're new and you're on your spiritual journey, it's a little tiny voice, that, that little feeling that you feel one time. If you are hearing, you know, more than once um, to go ahead and do whatever you're going to do instead of listening to that little feeling that tells you not to. So that's the mind and that's the ego. Um, it's going to be loud and it's going to be overbearing. But that little tiny voice, that is the gut instinct. How, what can we do to kind of, um, because sometimes we just want to be confident at it, right? We just want to be mm-hmm. able to trust it. How can we build that trust? How can we dare ourselves to actually say, you know what? I'm going to just trust you for once. Or I'm going to just listen to the little whisper because it's hard. If you don't, if you don't say, for example, with me, when something is about to happen at work, I, I feel nauseous. Like I have, I get like a little bit of anxiety and sometimes it's a clinical emergency, but that's my way of knowing. But then I don't know until something happens, right? Yeah. So your body is kind of, I guess, preparing you, right? So you get that feeling like, oh, something's going to happen. This isn't going to be good. Right. And so in your instance, you can't really do anything until that, what thing happens, right? Whatever happens for instance, something else. So like you get in the car with somebody and you're like, "Mm, this just doesn't feel right. Right. But you really want to go to wherever you're going. And so your brain tells you like, no, like just, it's nothing. It's fine. Get in the car, right? You get in the car and then you have a car accident. So in your work situation, I mean, you're there, you kind of have to be there. You you get the feeling that something's coming, but there's really nothing you can do to prevent it. The situation of like getting in the car, it's like, 
listen to that little whisper. I don't care what your ego says and the logical brain and how bad you really want to go and do this thing. If that little voice is telling you not to get in the car and the only way to really grow that voice and to hear it a little bit louder and louder and louder is to just listen to it. Even if you don't want to, like that little voice never, ever, ever steers you wrong. That's your higher self. That's your higher essence telling you, right? And so it's your brain that tries to um, justify and make logic of the reasons that you should get in the car, right? But that little voice, it's never going to steer you wrong. And so how you grow it is you just listen to it. You just have to listen. I love it. Um, Crystal, do you ever get downloads? I do sometimes. And I'm still working on um, kind of my discernment, like what's a download and what's not. Um, a lot of my downloads are for my work. They're creative, my like creative downloads that I get. But I can't, I don't think I can sit there and say like, I just had a download. To me, it, it feels almost more like kind of like an instinct or a thought, right? And so for the longest time, I was like, why am I not getting like downloads like everybody else? Right. And I'm starting to learn that like I am getting downloads. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and they come in the form of like a spark or an idea. Lovely. Do you have, do you, have you ever heard a voice? Yeah. I just heard one today. Really? Um, yeah. So I hear them sometimes and I know that it's a voice that I'm hearing because we all talk to ourselves in yeah. our mind. Right. But this um, is a different accent. Like this is a this different is, tone of yes. voice. That's yeah. this is this is how I started my podcast. I heard a voice and and it wasn't my voice. It, it, it was a different kind of voice. Yeah, exactly. That's how you know, because it's not your voice. It's in a different voice. Right. But in the beginning, I would do the opposite. So it would this the voice would tell me like I have a download. It would tell me something. And I thought I was going crazy. So I would do the opposite until it happened. (laughs) Until it (laughs) happened two, three times. And I went through so much pain, so much agony. I was like, I ain't doing this anymore. Like, oh cool. I'll I'll listen to you. So it's okay. We're gonna we're gonna ride with it. We're gonna vibe with it. Yeah, we're gonna write the wrongs. We're gonna listen from now on, okay? I know. Crystal, what would you say to someone that has a loved one that is is doing substance abuse and you you don't they don't want to accept help in a sense they don't want to go to rehab what would you say to the to the individual that at first I would say I'm sorry because I know it's tough it's Mm -hmm. so tough to love somebody and to watch them slowly kill themselves really it's a lot of work that you have to you have to just accept them for where they're at on their journey it's so hard it's not easy but you have to just work on finding acceptance and just pray, pray that they find their way because the substances that are out there now, I mean, they're killing people left and right. And it's so sad. It's terrible. You know, every other month, every month we hear about, you know, one of our clients that passed that we had that passed away after they relapsed. And it's so sad, you know, you just have to work on acceptance, you know, um, acceptance for their journey. Sometimes it's hard as a female loving someone that is in um, a constantly like in substance misuse. The only issue is that you could love someone, but sometimes the individual may want to bring you down with them, right? May want to yeah. force, may want to force those habits on you. And sometimes you might end up there too because you may not be strong enough as them you may be very fragile or you may be very new so it's like you want to love them but then you you physically know it's like I can't love you anymore I accept you for who you are and I love you and I adore you and sometimes you just have to let go because I'm end up dead next to you because I just physically can't handle the amount of pain the amount of hurt the amount of disrespect and just the way is it the manipulation the manipulation that goes around it to make 
you feel like it's okay and to make you feel like you're a granny you you don't vibe with it you don't know how to have fun and and in a way to love them you're just like I'm adapted to this and it's like I, I, I'm gonna end up dead like it's been 72 hours I haven't slept I'm going to work I'm losing my contracts I'm not bringing my bread home like what is going on so what would you say to the young girl that's like there's a girl called I had a YouTube channel and she was a YouTuber and then she got with a guy and he started heroin and he got her into heroin as well and he got to a point where he was injecting her neck as well and and it got so, to go ahead what what would you say so what would you say to that girl because you want to love someone so much that it's like you're happy to go with them well you can't love somebody more than you love yourself so that's the first thing right um a lot of times we do we love as women you know we think that this person is our everything right and misery loves company and if that person really loved you, he would not have given you that poison. Exactly. I love it. I love it. I love it in a way that it's real, like in the way that it's, uh, it works with self-realization and just sitting down and doing the shadow work and working through that and just learning to forgive yourself and let go of the shame and the guilt because it's hard. It's hard because you're just like, how, how did I get into this position? Like, I don't know what happened. I'm just yes. finding finding your own path and journey. Crystal, what is your uh, favorite book? I would have to say the book that changed my life is uh, Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian L. Wise. Many lives, many masters. I love it. I saw your TikTok video, girl. You you put like five different books. I didn't see that book in there. <laughs> yeah. So what I do with my books is once I read them, if I'm called to pass it on, I pass it on. So uh, I believe I passed that book on a while ago, but I've read it like four or five times. What about the life you were born to live? The life you were born to live is, was that on my TikTok? Yeah. So um, that book I happened upon, someone gave that to me. Um, it's all about numerology and it is dead on girl. Like you do your um, birthday, right? And you add up the numbers and you subtract and you come up with um, two sets of numbers and the two sets of numbers. However, if you believe in numerology, it yeah. correlates with the stars. Everything is connected, right? And so the book tells you when you're acting out of your shadow self and when you're acting out of your light self. So it has columns. And so if you find that most of your behaviors are in the shadow side, it's like you're not living your purpose. You're not um, doing what you're what you're here to do and is it easy for you to understand the book and be like okay cool I understand that I'm not working in my purpose yeah it it, it makes it pretty simple it wow. makes it pretty simple wow that's a powerful book what about Sh shaman healing sage so shaman healer sage I would recommend to somebody who is new to um like the healing and stuff like that it talks a lot about the light body the aura it talks about how to kind of be aware of the energy and stuff like that so um i would recommend that book for somebody who is new on the healing journey for sure what about homecoming so homecoming is the inner child's healing book oh okay yeah it's a book it was written in like the 80s um Ooh. but the information in there is timeless so uh, the book is written a while ago, but the information is as good today as it was when it was written. And it's a step-by-step -step process to understand the wounds that we have from childhood. And there's different journaling prompts in there and there's different worksheets in there um, for you to 
get to know yourself and what wounds that you have in your acting out of. So that all those books, those are great books. Wow, girl. What about Life Between Lives? So Life Between Lives is a hypnotherapy book. Um, It was a guy who happened upon, you know, past life therapy. And so in past life sessions, what happens is you go into um, a former life Um, where your soul was in a different body, experiencing different things. And we carry over with us sometimes karma from other lives. So if we have this karma from one life ago, two lives ago, three lives, so we're carrying all this karma and it gets to a point where at some point we need to heal it, right? But so when you leave your body in a past life session, um, you go somewhere, you go to the in-between and you meet your spirit guides and your allies and your soul family. And so that book is about the therapy that he does or that you can do for your soul in between lives. Wow. Wow. Is it an easy read? Um, It's pretty easy. I think in the beginning, it's kind of like, okay, what the hell is going on? But then he gets into like his story of how he like came upon, you know, stumbled upon the in between lives and his realization of the actual therapy, the therapeutic value of what you can do in between lives. Wow. What, what, last but not least, Star Woman. So Star Woman is a part of a series um, by Lynn Andrews. And Lynn Andrews is a um, white woman who stumbled upon shamanism. So it's about her, her journeys. And I would suggest reading them in order because I started with that book and she references her other books a lot, Uh. but the book is like fascinating. It's hard to put down. She takes you on journeys where you're like, wait, is she on mushrooms when she's writing this? Is she like, (laughs) right. So I, the journeys that she's on, I believe are psychedelic journeys that she kind of like writes about and documents in a sort of a, a story format. Got it. Got it. Wow. That's, that's different. What is your favorite movie? Um, you know, it's so crazy. Cause I watch, I binge watch Netflix and I watch a bunch of movies. I, I don't have a favorite. If I'd have to pick a favorite, it'd be a movie from when I was like 10 and it was 10 things I hate about you. And I don't know why I love that movie, but I was I haven't 10 watched it. I, is it good? I, th- I thought it was so cool. I don't know if you're going to think it's cool now, but when I was 10, that movie was the shit. Is it, is it like Back to the Future? Um, no, it's no. kind of like a high school love story. Okay. Yeah. Um, Heath Ledger's in it. He's like one of the main characters. So oh, I need to check it out. Crystal, knowing where you are now, knowing that you've done the healing, you bring so much light. Um, you're so full of wisdom. What advice would you give your younger self? Don't be so hard on yourself. I would tell myself that I don't need anyone else to love me, to love me. Um, And I think that if I were to love and accept myself in all areas of my life when I was younger, maybe I could have avoided a lot of the really painful things that I went through. But I would definitely just tell myself to hold on, that things get better and that there's a purpose for all of this stuff that I'm going through. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful, girl. Because sometimes we we hit rock bottom and there's so much darkness and it takes 
a long time and it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of acceptance and it takes a lot of forgiveness and shadow work and just learning to accept things for what they are and how to move forward um Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's extremely hard it's extremely lonely because sometimes we are at the bottom by ourselves we don't have anyone around us or not everyone can help us or everyone's just busy and but but it is what it is and, and from it we actually grow crystal tell me about your services so I'm a hypnotherapist and a spiritual mentor. So I, I mentioned I bring spirituality into all of my sessions. Um, I do past life regression. Uh, I specialize in inner child work. Um, so getting to those root wounds, our behaviors, of, you know, that we've accumulated from our experiences, our thought patterns. And I really, really enjoy sacred feminine embodiment, which is um, helping women to heal from, you know, ground zero and to really come into who they are, find purpose, find clarity, right. Um, to love themselves in all areas. So, you know, body, mind, and spirit, and to truly bring their essence forward for them to live the life that they were supposed to live life that they came here to live. So yeah, mostly, mostly hypnotherapy, um, but I bring my spirituality into it. I love it. With regards to the hypnotherapy, would it be specialized in inner child healing? Say, for example, if we want to be cheeky about it and we want to get skills from a past life, can we do that? Um, what kind? Of, what do you mean? What kind of skills? So, so say for example, some people learn another language in a past life, or is it possible to go back and kind of gain that or no? I believe that the memories are there and stored from the past life, so. You might be able to, um, but there's so many other things that you can do and heal in a past life. I don't know that you would want to focus so much on learning a new language. <laughs> for, 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 that was just the most random thing that came to mind. Yeah. For, for someone that is interested, what could be the benefits of past life regression? So releasing karma is like the number one thing, but also to have the realization that we are in infinite soul, right? That we have lived in other lifetimes. And so what you bring back with you is, you know, your all your problems and in, in all the stuff that like weigh you down in this lifetime, you realize like, this is just a blip in time, right? This is, this is just, these are just little learning experiences, right? On the school of earth. So um, you bring back with you different things um, when you do go on to the in-between lives, yeah. right? From your past life, when you leave that body, you have a chance to reflect on that lifetime and you're able to see if you're bringing any lessons that you didn't learn in that lifetime with you into this lifetime. And so the awareness of that lesson that you're supposed to learn, you have awareness now of it in this lifetime. And so you're able to work on it, you know? So once we have the knowledge, it's kind of hard to ignore, right? It's our responsibility to do something with it. I love it. I love it. For the person that hasn't taken um, a past life regression session, and when you say healing a karmic situations or karmic, would we, how does it work? Would we begin to speak when you ask us questions and then we release the information and we would know? Yeah. So um, my, a lot of my sessions, most of my sessions, unless I'm like doing a recording for my client, um, they're all spoken. So um, I ask questions, you answer, and it helps me to navigate where you are. So especially in a past life session, I'm going to constantly be asking questions. Um, And then there's a period where I tell you, like, do you have any questions for your guides? And so you're able to ask your guides a question. The subconscious knows all of the answers. 
So as confused as we are in our daily awake life, that's just a small part of our mind. That's the subconscious mind. The subconscious is so vast. It holds all the memories from every lifetime. It knows all of the answers. We just have to get out of our own way. I love it. That's powerful because sometimes we are the biggest blockage there is when it comes to healing, when it comes to achieving our goals. Crystal, what is what future projects do you hold? Would you write a book? Eventually, I want to write a book. Yeah, but that's that's down the line. So right now what I'm working on is I'm putting together some courses. I do offer mini courses and I advertise them on my Instagram for now. My website is getting completely redone. So I I offer the mini courses that I do. Usually they're a 90 minute course. And so they're tailored to um, different things. This morning, I just did an inner child course. Last month or a month ago, um, I did an Akashic Records course. So diving into your Akashic Records. I'm planning on doing a past life group healing session coming up. But right now I'm working on a large course, like a three month course for um, inner child healing, cord cutting and sacred feminine embodiment. That is powerful. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. Wow. Crystal, how can we connect with you? So my Instagram is at hypno underscore goddess. And my website is www.thehypno-goddess.com. I love it. Is it is it active now? But I couldn't find the link anywhere. So um, no, there's, it's not active now. I'm redoing the whole site. Um, I'm putting up a bunch of uh, things that I was featured in. I'm putting up some uh, recording, recorded hypnosis for purchase. Um, and yeah, I'm completely redoing. I feel like I had a, a, like a rebirth, you know, through all of this healing that I've done. And um, I want to show up as authentically as I can. I love it. I love it. Crystal, what is your favorite tattoo? On me? um there's so many of them so I started doing this really big spiritual piece on my back okay and so I have a dream catcher on my thigh okay and it goes up into a jaguar wow into a mountain into a raven into a full moon wow wow yeah and what about on your fingers what tattoos do you have on your fingers so um it says stay true okay and then I have my symbols on my fingers. So um, the symbols are just pieces that of things that have stuck with me um, throughout my life. And it's funny that I'm a hypnotherapist because the mind works in images and symbols, right? Wow. So I have a moon um, because it's feminine energy, right? Um, I believe in like the dark goddesses. Um, so that's the shadow aspects of ourselves, right? Um, the snake is also feminine energy and it symbolizes rebirth. The, the, uh, hourglass with the sand on the top is, um, it's basically for eternal it's time is, you know, standing still. So we have all the time that we need. Right. And the key, um, I believe that we can unlock doors and there's a goddess that, um, she holds the keys to, um, the different worlds. Wow. So the world here and the spirit world, um, the onk is everlasting life and I'm a cancer. And then, you know, obviously we have the money symbol and uh, music. I love it. Oh my gosh. That's super cool. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any tattoos yet, but um, I was thinking of like a wolf or, or, or something on my thigh. Um, yeah, I'm a wolf too. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, but I'm still kind of, I don't know. I think if I get one, I want everything covered. Um, 
You do. Um, it's an addiction, but I started really young. And so I'm kind of at a point now where I'm like, I just want to finish the stuff that's not finished on me and just take a break. It hurts more the older you get, but you wouldn't know the difference because you don't have any. So you would just get one now and it would, and you would know that it hurts. I just like them. Um, I think it's a form of expression. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not still in love with all of the ones that I got, but it's like, I also understand that this body is not forever. So I'm going to paint it how I want while I have it. I love it. Do you have any piercings? Um, I have two nose piercings okay. and I have this first. Oh, the smiley. I used to have mm-hmm. the smiley too. And then my ex was like, your mouth tastes like milk when I kiss you. So I took it. <laughs> but I'm seeing, there you go. Conforming, right? <laughs> oh, so, um, then I might just, I might, I had the tongue piercing, the surface piercing. So I might get that redone again so yeah crystal thank you so much for being so much light thank you so much for um this is how we truly know that in our pain lies our purpose you are so full of wisdom so full of knowledge so full of light and you are so sweet and so kind and just your energy is amazing and like you say people always will attach so that's why these practices are so so important um and just know that you are making such a big change in the world and you cause a ripple effect in your job in your daily life and in everything that you do so I just want to say a great big thank you I see you talking on stages and, and doing big seminars all around the world um I see you uh, making big big moves being a um, author I see you doing such big things and you should feel so proud of yourself where you are I just wanted to say a great big thank you for being on gentle touch thank you so much it was such a blessing I'm so grateful that you asked me to be on here and it was great talking with you and I hope that we stay in touch a hundred percent girl when when I'm in LA I'm definitely gonna come hang out we do a little two-step I saw the dog <laughs> yes let's do it we go out um I I told myself if I don't get driver's license I'm not going to America these motorways are big these highways are massive (laughs) you can't walk anywhere public transport is non-existent so um if 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 I definitely LA is is on the LA is a vibe like I've had so many guests from LA and it's just a vibe I'm just like oh my gosh I'm excited it is and it isn't you gotta you gotta find the right tribe to kind of you know, vibe with out here. So, I mean, I think that's everywhere though, you know, there's, there's vibes and then there's like vibes that you want to stay away from. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Whenever you come to London, you have a friend in me always just shout your yes. girl out and yeah, a hundred percent. Um, It was so lovely to have you on the show and thank you for being so awesome. And thank you for being you girl. Keep shouting. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You Crystal, too. Have a good Crystal. day. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Bye. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and found this podcast useful. If you did, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and joining Gentle Touch. I'll see you in the next episode. Want to get in touch? Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're on. Stay tuned and keep listening. Much love.